Hello, hello, you lovely lot. Welcome back. That's if you are, of course, a regular listener. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome to Ain't Broke, Don't Fix Me, the podcast. This is the bonus episode with me, MEP. Uh, you can follow me across all social media at MEP Mate, E-M-Y-P-M-A-T-E. I think I spelled that right. Yeah, I'll listen back in a bit. Uh, so yeah, I've taken kind of a bit of a well-deserved break from from the podcast. I, I did a really fun, interesting delve into the podcast world at the beginning of March or April this year. And I love doing season one and had some fabulous guests on to talk about all things mental health and neurodiversity. And I'll be back in the new year with a new series. And I've already recorded some of those episodes and I'm really looking forward to sharing those all with you. But today we have a bonus episode. And the reason I've put this one out is I simply couldn't wait to the new year. And I thought it'd be the perfect way to kind of round off a very shit 2020. I wanted this person on the podcast from the second I put it together. And I'm talking to the wonderful Paul Danan. Uh, a lot of you will know Paul from his career on television, uh, whether that be reality TV or his time on the soap Hollyoaks. He shares with me a great deal, a lot of personal stuff, and that's why I've always really loved Paul. We're both ambassadors of the Nutritious Minds charity, uh, which is both very close to our hearts, supporting children and adults uh, with autism, ADHD and mental health problems through nutrition and, and health support. And we're both ambassadors of that charity and we've met a few times and every time I've met Paul and heard his story, he's always been such a down-to-earth, lovely guy. And I wanted to share that with you because I've heard his story uh, and there's some things that he kind of spoke about on this episode that I've, I've never heard before. So it was lovely to hear that. And, you know, whilst it proves to be quite a difficult listen at times. He really kind of explores what it's like to be in the public eye and the troubles that can come with that at times, but also the fabulous parts too. He's always been very open about his struggle with addiction. We speak a bit about that. Anyway, I won't tell you too much. I just want to get straight into the episode. Paul is an absolute legend and I know you're going to love this episode. So enjoy this is the bonus episode of Ain't Broke, Don't Fix Me, the podcast with the amazing Paul Danan. Play that track. Hi, how you doing? Good, thank you. It's good to see you. Uh, the last time we yeah. saw each other was before all this madness of lockdown started, wasn't it? I know, I know. We had a really good day, didn't we? I just want to say thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's amazing. Whenever we see each other, we always connect well and always have a good bond. And I always really appreciate your your talents and, and, you know, everything you stand for. And it's just amazing. I've learned so much from you. And um, as soon as you got in touch, I was like, yeah, definitely. I didn't even know you had a podcast. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing this. It's, it's such yeah. a good thing to do while, while COVID's been on, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's certainly given me a, a focus and 
given yeah. me sort of a sense of, of purpose. And me and you were both ambassadors of the Nutritious Minds charity. That's when I last yeah. saw you. And they do amazing work to support people with ADHD and autism and mental health. And obviously this yeah. is a subject that's close to both of our hearts. And we often speak about uh, our journeys with mental health and ADHD. Both of us, it was a discovery much later in life. Looking back yeah. now, can you see that link with your behaviours with your ADHD? What was younger Paul like? Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, do you know what? I, I think I just thought it was just me and my personality and I was just kind of uh, someone that, you know, uh, was quite excited and quite all over the shot and yeah. just, but I think, you know, it's only it's it's a bit annoying but uh, to only just find out but also it's really amazing to find out and to actually discover what it means and learn about what you know ADHD really is and also mm -hmm. kind of understand that a lot of the addiction stuff and a lot of my behaviors and a lot of the kind of reasons why I probably got so stressed and ended up self-soothing myself with drinking drugs and stuff like that is is uh, you know because I didn't know I had ADHD and and it, now it all kind of makes so much sense um and it now uh, being able to learn to manage it with through uh help and medication etc I feel like a, like a totally different person I think that I've got much more of a chance of staying on you know on a good good road um especially away from drugs you know because yeah. like since uh, getting the right meds and actually that was only you know probably just over three months ago i was on certain medication that just it did all right but it wasn't the one i mean it took a few goes of different things to find that one and then now i've got off that one and, and found something else it's like oh my god the difference i've not had yeah. one craving or urge to you know I've, i'm much more together and focused and calmer and it's just it's it, it, it's like in a way yeah i wish i would have known earlier because maybe i could have saved myself and my family and a lot of people a lot of a lot of hassle um but at the same time i'm just glad that you know i've got i've got to the, the stage where i where i have you know m managed to recognize where it's all come from yeah and it's it's interesting because i would it's funnily enough a question i've got written down here is about the link between addiction and adhd i want to start back at the sort of the beginning of your career when yeah. it all took off and when you got the part of soul in hollyoaks what was that process like for you the audition process how did you go from just being a young guy in chigwell who loved to act to then being part of one of the most popular soaps um i am um... Well, I, I basically uh, always acted when I was younger and stuff. And I was like with some theatre groups and I um, was with Sylvia Young's kind of night class. And I, I got a few little bits on EastEnders here and there. And, and, you know, and I remember seeing, getting friendly with Daniela Westbrook and kind of, yeah. you know, really, she lived in the area and Paul Nichols and stuff. Funny enough, all, all you know, recovering addicts and stuff yeah. you know we all just had this same thing in common really where it was like you know we just got each other and now mm. I understand in a way why that is a passion for acting um uh, and and a real uh, you know lust for life and and um and uh an understanding maybe around you know 
I don't know, mental health and addiction without even knowing we had it back then. Yeah. And, and, um, and our outlet was to act and to perform and to, to, you know, like yourself to, to, to embrace that creativity, um, which now I know was part of, which stemmed from, you know, part of ADHD and, um, uh, and, and I, I remember saying to my mum, I want to go to, you know, proper full-time drama school and stuff. And she said, well, you know, do your GCSEs first and, and then we'll see. And I got into Italia Conti and that was amazing. And, and I did this degree in performing arts and, yeah. um, and, and, um, and it's funny with ADHD, it's like, without it being managed I never really finished anything I never oh got my God, anything Paul that makes yeah, honestly that resonates with me so much I went to drama school and music school and dropped out of both of those things right. and constantly was losing jobs and for most people mm. around me I think people would just saw me as a bit of a quitter but it's not yeah. like that is it no no it all just becomes a bit like either lose interest or yeah. I, I, I want to go and do something else because that's on my mind and it's, it's the grass is green and well, I've got to focus on this instead of that. And it all just, you know, I did my three years, but I never quite finished the last term because I was already off and running to go and work out there because I was, I was with an agency doing like uh, music videos, modelling and this, that and the other. And the music videos involved a lot of acting and I just kind of thought you know, this is the best experience being in front of the camera and actually, yeah. you know, doing it out there. Um, so, you know, I still got my qualification, but I never got to do the end of, you know, uh, course uh, or end of end of year um, big performance where you invite all the agents down. I went and just got myself it, uh, an agent myself. And, and luckily, you know, it was a really good one. It was uh, Sylvia Young's adult agency, Rossmore, yeah. uh, personal management. And they got me this audition with Hollyoaks. And I didn't hear anything back. I was, that was it. I was training method acting at the time. I went and done this kind of um, thing at the Lee Strasberg method acting school in Camden and mm. that his wife, Anne, run, um, uh, ran. And, um, and and I got really into that. And when I got the Hollyoaks audition, I I was like suddenly this actor that knew how to kind of really become the character and all this, you know, what methods like. And yeah. and I think they saw that in me in this audition. But there was a lot of like thousand people, thousand guys gone up for this character soul. Amazing. Not that I saw the bit, but I know it was a bit. They were looking for this new family, and I never heard anything for like three months. Um, or a couple of months um, uh, until I'd, I was going for a really bad dad, split up with this girl that I was, you know, I thought I was in love with and I was really upset and on this double-decker bus and suddenly I get a phone call saying, um, you've got a, a, a recall, a callback to go up to Liverpool the next day because they're really interested in you for this for this Hollyoaks part. And, um, and it was elimination all day, all day. There was like just guys coming and going and it was the mums that were coming and going and the sisters that played Gina and, the, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like, and they just kept telling me to stay, stay, no, you're not going anywhere. And like towards the end of the day, I mean, I was, I was just, I don't know, I was so, it was, I was so buzzing, but I was also kind of like, what's going on? Like, you know, I was, I was excited, but I was also, it was exhausting. But, you know, by the end of the day, they brought on Phil Redman, who, you know, created Grange Hill and Brookside and Hollyoaks yeah. and he came on and he was, he was just like, right, you know, all right, I want you to like, you know, 
provides and and he came up with this idea with the dog and and where i had to come back where i hadn't been home for days running from the police or whatever and my mum just went mental at me the part the uh the woman that was playing actually who got the part in the end linda rook and she slaps me around the face and it's and i'm (laughs) just crying she's crying we're shouting each other it was mental and he just he just looked at the producer and he was just like yeah that's the family but we still didn't know we went on the train on the way back with the other with like another soul and our person that went up for it another mum another sister and and we just thought how is this possible like you know if you're northern i'm from essex you know it was really mixed but yeah we knew that the 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 the, the, the mum that i worked with and the sister it, we really gelled up for some reason and then the next day i get a call and, and i say pack your bags you're moving up to liverpool you got the bar it was fucking it was unreal it was like the best day of my life you know and and yeah and you know spent four years uh doing that that and you know even then uh, because i i i i basically put my heart and soul into that character into that part i suppose it was that one thing that i could really concentrate on yeah um and and maybe then i yeah i wasn't all over the place um it might yeah. have been time, but I wasn't trying to concentrate on anything else. It was that, and and then and then this uh, this girl that I met and later on, and 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 that 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 was you know another thing that I was really focused on. Um, we got engaged, etc. But but it was it was brilliant, and I had to learn nine scenes a day sometimes, yeah, wow. you know. And I, and I could do it, and I, I remember, and you just develop this muscle memory, and you know, and then you forget those nine scenes you've learned, and learn another nine scenes, and and all these words, you know, you know what it's like, like you know, and you just yeah. kind of do it. Um, and I was smoking a lot of spliff at the time, and I, I suppose that was my way of chilling out. And well, I was um, going to say as well, you were in you were in Hollyoaks for four years, and obviously you were a, a loved character and had all these great storylines, and. I suppose I remember at a talk you were uh, you were speaking before and you said things sort of got really chaotic. There was a very we spoke about the addic- um the link between addiction and ADHD and you've been really transparent yeah. about that and the fact yeah. that you spent time in rehab. And when did that cycle start for you? Um I think possibly around um around the end of Hollyoaks, towards the end, um I, I started to kind of you know do it on days that I shouldn't do it and like weekends I'd stay up there sometimes when really I shouldn't have just been and I'd be on my own you know and then I think oh you know get a few you know a few bags in or you know do a bit of coke you know have a a a chill out weekend and it just really and then you realize like what's going on here like I'm, I'm I'm kind of doing stuff that that I shouldn't be doing and and even then I didn't really know and then when I left and and went um and done the Priory uh which was the 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 Jamie Thixon and Zoe Ball show it was um it was a uh, on channel four called the Priory I don't know if you remember right, it's okay. long yeah. time ago and it was like a chat show music show they and they had guests on and I was like their outside broadcaster doing all the live stuff where right. I'd, I'd like someone would uh you know a wife would set up her husband um and he'd have to run down the road and meet me and i'd run with him to the ice cream van say and he'd have to eat like eight ice creams in a minute and he'd win 500 quid and it was just hilarious and it was just like that type of kind of real manic kind of crazy live tv and and it and it was brilliant and it was really fun but then the rest of the week i'd either kind of not really have loads to do because i was so used to working every day 
or I'd um, or I'd have a few auditions here and there. But but that's when slowly I realised with boredom, you know, the only way I could entertain myself or kind of or what I thought I started to kind of every few days have you know something and 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 it's funny how ADHD is so mismatched with uh with 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 addiction because you know when boredom kicks in or when when um uh like i don't know it just it just i needed something to to kind of chill me out as such yeah. or to, to 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 use to and it and it you know that invisible line as we speak about in addiction it's like you don't even know but once you cross it there is no going back and using once every blue moon, you know, it, it just starts to become a regularity, you know, a habit. Um, and, um, and, and then it becomes problematic. And then, you know, and then I, I left and, uh, went, I split up with this girl I was engaged to, oh, went to oh. LA and lived out there, mm. um, for, for about two or three years. And, um, and that's when, addiction took even a bigger toll and 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 I was going up for really good things but at the same time trying to trying to party at the same time and it just doesn't work well, I was gonna say I, it must be it must be impossible to try and stay clean as well when you're amongst yeah. that party lifestyle and you know whether you're out and having sex with loads of women or cocaine and booze and it's always yeah. accessible to you and especially when you've got that uh, you know really chaotic ADHD brain that must be near on impossible to try and refrain from that yeah <clears throat> and and the more you feel bad about yourself or the more you're rejected from a you know i've got so close to so many big parts like huge movies and you yeah. get to the final two and then you get told no because you're not well known out there or you ain't got the work visa or whatever the only way i knew to to manage those uh, that hurts or that the, those bad feelings was to numb it and you know and 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 and, and you know like that would either be with with a drink or a drug and and then you're in that circle that vicious circle of kind of feeling bad wanting to numb it wanting to numb it more and then all of a sudden you've got another big audition and you've got to straighten yeah. yourself out and you've got to be all, all like on the ball and it just doesn't work no, and then I, I came back um and then and then I get offered you know the easiest but also the most detrimental show which was Celebrity Love Island you know sitting on a on, a, on an island just you know hanging out with girls and guys getting paid loads of money it's too easy to 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 um to mm -hmm. uh, to, to say you know to, to take up like as much as I, I probably i didn't know about reality tv then but it's it's too easy to say yes to stuff like that and it's yeah too, and then well i was know, gonna um, i was gonna say as well like that in many ways people don't often understand this but addiction comes from a, a much sort of deep-rooted place of insecurity mm. and lacking confidence and, and wanting people yeah. to like you and being thrown into mm. something like a reality television show like love island which as we've seen recently had a huge impact on people's mental health and you're what being watched closely yeah. by millions of people for weeks on mm. end and mm. having that opinion of you that must have been difficult yeah it was and i had no idea that it was going to be that big i didn't really know what i was getting myself into all i knew is there was just going to be some some gorgeous girls we're going to fiji we've got our own yeah. little island they're going to pay me loads of money and you know but i was in it and i was like really like i was smoking all the time and i was 
doing doing gear and this that and the other and I, I had to go on that island and cold turkey it and and the only thing that they had was um was booze and yeah. I'm not really much of a drinker and when I drink you know I go from happy drunk to kind of paranoid you know uh angry whatever or or just yeah, like I don't know say the wrong thing flirty drunk you know and and yeah. and and they the, the audience loved it the producers loved it they thought this is this is gold and this tea, you know. So the more drink they give you, the more, you know, um yeah. entertainment they're gonna get, especially with someone that's that's like me with with problems. Or, um and mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, you know, I had the best time. I really enjoyed it, but little did I know I was gonna make such a splash on it that that it was gonna kind of, you know, uh trump my acting career uh, in a way because suddenly yeah. you're like known as this reality star rather than an actor and and uh, that's credible and that people think that that people rate and and as soon as casting directors kind of see a different you because they're seeing Paul they're not seeing the character you know when you acting you're playing a character but suddenly yeah. you're on this island or whatever reality show and you're actually you as you even though you, you there's always a character you're kind of playing you know it's all masks in it and yeah. um, uh, uh but 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 it was a lot of you know i think it was a lot of exploitation really but at the same time it was my doing it was my you know i'm the one that, that put myself out there like that and but i didn't know i was unwell i didn't know i had mm-hmm. adhd i didn't know i had addiction problems all i knew is thought that i just like a like a drink and a use up and because i didn't have drugs uh, i i just had whatever was there and and yeah and then you come home and you realize the whole nation's been watching and actually because you forget that you're even on camera yeah, when just palm trees and beach and sea and swimming pools it's like you don't see the ca- it's not like big brother where you know the camera's a little bit like with that it was all outdoors and it was it was just all very hidden so you just kind of think you're on holiday and and you know but actually you're being monitored by 300 cameras 24 hours a day (laughs) and and they'll just pick what they want and obviously I gave them good footage but what was what was upsetting I think was the whole thing of when you come out and suddenly your private life really isn't private anymore at all um uh, that's when you know i started to isolate and couldn't go out and didn't want to see anyone and and then that's when addiction got worse and that's when i really kind of um needed help and and that and then in 2000 uh yeah the end of 2005 or something i i um i had to, to go to treatment and um yeah it was the start of my journey really of understanding what recovery was because i didn't re- know it. Yeah, do you remember that first experience with rehab, that feeling? It must have been a really scary time to face up to that. Very scary. Um, Very, um, you know, very sad for my parents, for my dad. I remember dropping me off at this place in in the middle of the countryside in Wiltshire. And, you know, and he just, it was like out of a movie. Just was like, right, you know, good luck, son. You know, and what's he supposed to think driving four hours back home or three hours Jesus. back home? Thinking, yeah. what, where did I go wrong with my boy? You know, mm. and now being a father, I can understand that. I, I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't imagine what he must have felt. And and it was scary. And I remember, oh, it was just like out of a, yeah, it was like a horror movie going up into the these dormitories and like like lying next to like all these other people that were unwell and 
just lying there just fucked and yeah. just thinking how has my life gone from love island and Hollyoaks and all this amazing stuff to suddenly i'm lying next to some 60 year old man that's you know dying from you know heroin addiction or whatever he was or alcohol or what you know and i just thought wow. oh, you yeah. know it was very scary it was really really scary but then i soon kind of got into it and started to get better and and felt better and and then um yeah the saddest thing happened i um was like five weeks in i think i had a week to go and i was gonna leave there and go and on to do this show that i got called test drive my girlfriend which was my own dating show uh, on itv2 and um this one of the guys in the group uh i don't know who it was phoned up his because we only had a pay phone there phoned up his girl and sold the story sold me out so all the stuff personal yeah. private stuff i'd said in group um he he's he told his missus and his miss he said go on go to, go to news of the world with it and they they sold the story to the news of the world and then on the sunday the paper come out and it was just all it was just horrific so i um I was really, really hurt by that. Like that, that confidentiality was broken. That trust was broken. And I thought, wow, this is the price of fame. Mm. And, even, and though, uh, even though we're speaking about all of these sort of dark moments and the strain, I suppose that that's had on your mental health and the pain that that's caused you. Do you look back on some of those moments in Hollyoaks and Love Island and Big Brother and the parties and the people? Do you look back on it still with like fond memories? oh yeah massively yeah. yeah i mean I, I i had i had the best time you know that show doing holly oaks i you know i'm still friends with them now like they're like a family we all live together we all work together we all play together we we just it was the most amazing time of my life and so it was love island like all of those times they're, they're great people great shows we all you know, all, all, all friends still to this day. And, you know, and they're people I can, I can call on or I work together again with. And yeah, amazing times, but it's that highs and lows. No one back then ever talked, told me how to handle fame or money or girls no. or drugs or, or, or what comes with, with it all. Um, and you, you learn the hard way. And this is why, you know, you look at people that aren't used to the limelight go on Love Island, become famous for five minutes and then become bankrupt, do a load of gear and then hang themselves. I mean, yeah. there is no one to, 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 you know, and that's why I want to kind of bring more awareness in, 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 in all the young people that are coming up um, and the people that are good looking that want to go on these Love Island shows and stuff like that, that they need to have someone like myself that's been through it that can mentor yeah. them through it and give them advice and, and help them to understand that you know what this could be really quick and fast and then and then leave you like you know if you haven't got a, you know if you haven't got a craft behind you it's very um very difficult to just you know become famous because you're just on a show because you look good. I mean, if you if you're not an actor or like yourself, like a you know an artist, um, yeah. and you're just there because you got your five minutes of fame and you become you get all these thousands of followers and uh, you know endorsement deals, and then the next year there's a whole new lot of you, so you're just put by the wayside. What happens to that person? You yeah. know, how do they handle that kind of complete pole vault to the top to then nothing? 
you know it's it's it is it's just like a, a machine and i think it's very very dangerous yeah so let's yeah let's talk about where you are now paul because i know like you said you've got a son i know you through nutritious minds and helping other you definitely help other people by being so transparent i think and sharing your story of mental health and addiction and you've got your own podcast so you're still a working actor where are you in terms of that self-acceptance and happiness now and health um yeah i i mean you know it's always an ongoing journey and i think yeah. um uh for me I've, I've you know i've gone through some some amazing therapy and amazing times and i think i get a lot from helping others but in turn that helps me you know um keeps yeah. me accountable um i feel in a really good place at the moment my podcast uh the morning after with me with paul Danan, it, it it's done really it's done wonders how it's so many people reach out to me and kind of you know tell me their stuff and I'll, I'll always reply and always try and help people and you know I, I i did one this morning with my producer mark and it's just this covid time this whole kind of experience has been a real eye-opener for everyone not just people with mental like suddenly people have got mental health from it yeah, problems you, you know um and the whole isolation and working from home and you know not interacting because the antidote to addiction is connection you know, the opposite yes. to addiction is connection. If you don't connect with others, if you ain't got connection, then suddenly it's where the addict wants you, which is on your own, isolated, feeling sorry for yourself, you know, you know and that's where you can just go into this depression and spiral out, out into, you know, so people are reaching for a glass of wine, reaching for a drug, because that's the only way to, uh, to kind of... Uh, manage this this whole uh, way of, of of the world and and it's not the only way there is help and and it's sad because you know the percentage in addiction has gone up like 150 200 percent and they're keeping yeah. all the bars and restaurants open but they closed all the meetings it's yeah. just ridiculous and in the yeah. end the, the government are just going to cost themselves so much money with with people that are ill from alcohol and drugs and and and, and mental health and um, so i think it's really important that we all reach out to each other the way you do the way i do for other people and anyone that you know is is, is suffering that, that, that they know that there is help and there is people they can speak to because you know going just to a substance is not the answer it's just going to make it worse but i i understand why people are you know yeah um but no, I'm 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 a, I'm a grateful addict. I'm a grateful um, you know customer at the moment. Um, yeah. I always have been. I mean, yeah, there's there's times that that can be really shit. But you know what? That's like without 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 bad, there wouldn't be good. Exactly. Well, I just want to say, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me and right. also i want to point out as well in the experiences that i've had with you only a few times you've always been so kind and so warm and and full of energy and everything you do now by being so open and transparent is really really going to help other people so you can listen to paul's podcast the morning after with paul Danan, and yeah it's really bloody good you can get that on is that on spotify and itunes paul yeah, yeah, Apple Podcast, Acast, um, mm. Amazon, you know, all, all the podcast platforms and, and um, 
and yeah, and I've also done this, uh, just done this um, panto because all the theatres are closed and yeah. we filmed this panto called The Gift um, for the NHS. All the proceeds go to the oh, NHS. Amazing. It's going on Amazon and Sky and it's um, going to be out this Christmas. So for all the kids out there and the adults that, that are going to miss panto this year, yeah. they get to see loads of celebrities, Joe Pasquale, Shane Lynch, um, Dane Bowers, Abs from Fire. Vanessa Feltz, Tina Malone, like there's such a lineup yeah. um, of all all of us getting together, and we've done this amazing panto. It's like every panto in one story, um, and and um, and we filmed it last week, and um, yeah, that's good. So it's called the gift and um, the musical, and and yeah, you know, I'm just trying to find projects that I can do that um, are still able, you know, still able to do um, uh, that that can you know also help others. So. Um, um, yeah, but the podcast is a good one. It's on every week, and I'm going to be listening to yours every week too. I think <laughs> it's amazing what you're doing, and I'm really proud of you. Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much, and I'll speak to you soon. See you later. Bye. It was just such a genuine, down to earth, lovely guy with a massive heart, and I think you can all appreciate that in the conversation you've just heard. Thank you so much to Paul. As always, thank you so much to you guys for listening and I will be back in the new year with series two of Ain't Broke Don't Fix Me, the podcast. Have an amazing Christmas, a very happy new year and yeah, I can't wait for things to get just that little bit more normal and we can all get back at it. Uh, lots and lots of love. See you later, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.